Thank you, Sanctuary Choir, for that beautiful, beautiful, sacred moment. Indeed, what you offered is a beautiful prayer that is an invitation to prayer. So I'd invite us to open ourselves now. We do pause at this moment. We take a deep breath. And in the busyness and rush of our lives, we remember who you are. And we remember who we are. We are your beloved, your own, and your instruments for good in the world. So take us now to a place, a timeless place where we can live close to the very heart of who you are, where we can grow more fully into your love and gather the courage to be people whose worlds have changed, that we might change the world. We give you thanks and we praise you. Amen. All right, is God working fast enough for you? Is God on the job? Is God doing what God said God would do? I hear a lot of yeses. I guess some of you haven't been looking for a job for the last six months. Because if you've gone to interview after interview for the last six months and the answer has been no, 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 then you might think that God is not working fast enough. If you've been struggling with addiction through the years and have gone to group after group and counselor after counselor and you're still struggling with that addiction in a day-to-day -day way, then your answer might be no, God's not working fast enough if you've not had a date for four or five years. <laughs> if your goal this past year was a date in 08, <laughs> and it didn't happen, then you might think that God is not working fast enough. If your bank account's going down and your bills are going up, you may think that God is not working fast enough. If you're struggling with depression and you've prayed for a return to joy and it just hasn't happened, and even when the sun rises, it's dim, then you may feel that God is not working fast enough. If God sits down with you for God's job performance, how would you score God when it comes to timeliness? <laughs> or even showing up for the job? It's easy to get into that kind of place where it's hard to see God working. We are a people of longing and wanting and waiting and desiring. And most of us don't have the gift of patience. We want God to be on the job and to do the work now. And our prayer is often, God, change me and change me now. Change him and change him now. Change her and change her now. Change us now. God, do something. <laughs> Show me yourself. Do the work. Come on, God. Don't you know what time it is? Do you feel like you spend most of your life standing in front of the oven with the door down and a toothpick in your hand, <laughs> dipping into that cake and pulling up uncooked batter? 
Or do you find yourself going to the garden where you've lovingly planted those seeds and you're waiting and waiting for those peppers to come up, for that tomato to rise, for those onions to grow into fullness? And your temptation is to just kind of help it along a little bit, to see if there's really anything happening down there where you can't see. You want it. You want to taste it. You want it now. Now is the time. And so we spend our lives looking at the clock, looking at our calendar, checking off lists. Our faces are pressed to the computer. We're listening in to the Bluetooth. God, are you on the job? Are you working? Are you moving? And are you moving now? And we find ourselves being chased by time, pushed by time, driven by time. It's time. And yet there's not enough time. And we find ourselves breathless in a world that is moving so fast. And in all of that, we feel like we're just a part of the movement of time, barely noticing the movement, tired, worn, and wondering, will God ever be on time? This week, I spent a couple of nights in Galveston. I had some perfectly aged cheese. That cheese didn't happen overnight. And I had some perfectly aged fine red wine. That wine was not zapped into existence. That's Kool-Aid. <laughs> and maybe for the first time in weeks, I actually took a breath and looked up. And I went, I never knew there were that many stars. Where'd they come from? Do they have these in Houston? <laughs> wow, there's the Big Dipper. Wow, the, the moon is, is so vibrant. And in looking up and seeing, it occurred to me that God's timing really is perfect. We just have to see it. For some of us, it means just looking up. For some of us, it means wearing our watch on our wrist and not around our neck, and certainly not around our heart. Our scripture today is a song to perfect timing. It's a song that reminds us that no matter what we're going through in life, no matter how pressured or pulled we feel, that we have a God whose timing is perfect. If you look at your scripture today from Ephesians on page 2, you will see that we have a God who comes to us in perfect timing, and that timing is now. A God who meets us in our waiting and wanting and longing. A God who helps answer the question, when will it all come together? When will it finally work out? The answer is, it already has. Just notice it. Look at it. Yes, perfect timing. It's all in God's time. 
And that means it's all in good time. If you look at verse 4, you'll see that God's timing has actually been perfect from the beginning. Verse 4 has that phrase, before the world even began. Before the world even began, God chose us in Christ to be holy and full of love. In the voice of Paul, we hear this song, praise be to the creator of our Savior Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens. Look up. It's all there. If you keep looking down, if you keep looking just in front of you, you're going to feel that pressure. You're going to feel disconnected. You're going to feel like it's never going to work out. You're going to feel like you're the one who has to be in control and you have to get it right at every moment. Yet God's timing has been perfect from the beginning. We're a part of it. It's who we are and where we are from. We find our strength by knowing that we are a part of something greater than ourselves, and that includes something greater than our worries and our stresses. The call is to look up and to see ourselves and to know that God's timing has been perfect all along, and it still is. So the question is, where are we in all of this? What do we see when we look up? Who do we see and where are we? Edward Hayes has written this beautiful psalm called a psalm of whereness. So where are we? The question, where have I come from, rises up and it haunts me. Lingering, it floats like a flower in the backwaters of my mind. From somewhere deeper than I know in the place where I'm held to the divine breast, the voice of God echoes in reply. You, my beloved little one, were hidden in my heart before your sun burned bright. You were the dream of my delight before the earth was born of the dust of long dead stars. Before I shaped a single star, I nursed you for endless ages, feeding you with the essence of my life. In my great lap, I played with your infinite childlike form and I gazed with love upon your original face the mirror form of my own image. I laughed with delight at the marvel of your being, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. And you laughed with glee as I winked, as the four winds sprang to life and suns like dandelions lit up the dark lawn of space. Where did you come from? Oh, my child, you who in whom live all my hopes and loves, you came from me. My God. And I mean that as a prayer. My God, how do we wrap our minds around that? That we in all our vulnerability came from all that. How do we wrap our minds around it? That God was thinking of us even before the stars. That God was purposing us even before 
God began to purpose the winds and the earth. How do we wrap our minds around that? We can't. But we can open our hearts to it and somehow know that we are a part of that and that God's at work in ways that we cannot see, yet ways that are very, very true, that joy will come in the morning and that all this stuff we go through every day It has a deeper meaning. It has a larger purpose. God's taking all the stuff of our life, the stuff that we try to control, the stuff that we try to force, all the stuff that we want now, and inviting us to stand back, to look up, and to know that God is working all that together for good in God's own time and in God's own purpose, and it's perfect time and perfect purpose. Simply stopping to know who God is reminds us of who we are. And we know who we really are. We're peaceful. That's how God designed us to be. Trusting, open, receptive. Questioning, yes. Questioning, yes. But at peace with the questions. It's when we think we have more control than we do that we start getting constricted by all this stuff. It's those moments when we begin to suffocate. It helps to remember who we really are. There was an astronomer who did amazing studies on the universe, an expert, and called together a group of scientists for a presentation on some of the discoveries. And one of the discoveries is that entire galaxies are are being lost all the time. And, and, And the astronomer was explaining that to this group, and he could feel the anxiety in the room. That, that here were all these galaxies just getting lost out there. And during the question and answer time, it was clear that, that, that one person was particularly agitated. And, and he raised his hands and, and he said, it, it, it's, it's, we, we've got to do something. We've, we've got to do something about all these galaxies that are being lost. What are we going to do about all the galaxies being lost? And the astronomer just stood back and took a moment and said, just let them go. (laughs) Just let them go. We're not in control. Stand back. Look up. See who God really is. So God's timing is perfect. God's timing is vast. God's timing is providential. And yet, looking at our scripture, you'll see that God's timing is not just eternal and cosmic. God's timing is perfect, and it's also up close and intimate. In verses 7 and 8, you'll see this beautiful line. So immeasurably generous is God's favor lavished on us with perfect wisdom and understanding. God's timing is graceful timing, intimate timing. It's a grace that God seeks to lavish on us at any moment, but in order to receive the lavishing, we have to put our watch aside for a while, back off from the computer, put away the Bluetooth for just a moment, and simply open ourselves to that intimate moment that God seeks to offer to each of us, an intimate moment that is a timeless moment. When's the last time that you truly found yourself lavished upon? When's the last time someone tickled you, held you? When's the moment that you truly pampered yourself and opened yourself to the gift of that moment? 
Barbara Brown Taylor writes of her grandmother. Her grandmother had a reputation for being a very stern and difficult person to deal with. She was known as a very stern businesswoman. And she looked the part. She always wore these aviator sunglasses everywhere she went. So she looked like a bomber pilot grandma. <laughs> she was truly intimidating. But when her grandchildren came to visit, oh, there were long, lazy afternoons. She pampered them and loved them. They played together. And one of the special things that Barbara Taylor Brown's grandmother did was that each night, one of the grandchildren would receive very, very special treatment for that night, something unique and beautiful. And Barbara Brown Taylor describes what this was like. When my night came, she treated me like long-lost royalty, filling the tub with suds and beckoning me in where she washed each of my limbs in turn and polished my skin with her great soft sponge. And after she had dried me off, she anointed me with Jergens lotion. <laughs> then she reached for her dusting powder, evening in Paris, and tickled me all over with that pale blue puff. When she was done, I knew I was precious. I was absolutely convinced I was loved. I was absolutely convinced I was loved. Hmm. When's the last time you were truly convinced you are loved? Unconditionally. Loved with amazing grace and timeless depth. Everywhere we go in the world tries to tell us we're not loved. It tries to convince us we are worthless, that we're not good enough, that we are otherwise. One little homework assignment for today. Pamper someone and be pampered. Find a lavishing moment, whatever that is. Maybe it's buying one of those little tiny containers of Haagen-Dazs and savoring every bit of it, its texture, its taste, its coolness. Maybe it's taking time to truly brush your cat, to watch your cat just kind of get into the brush. <laughs> We're not videotaping this, are we, Mark? <laughs> no one wants to see that again. <laughs> but whatever it is, take time to be lavished. We have enough time because God's timing is perfect. And it happens in moments, not on the calendar. One thing you might want to do as part of this lavishing is to take this scripture today and spend some time with it. Pour yourself a favorite beverage. Find some quiet time. Put on your favorite music and do that little word search game. If you've done that where you go through and you see all these letters and you go through and you circle the words... If you look at this scripture, you will see that there is word after word of who God is and word after word of who we are. When we see ourselves in this place, we will see that God's timing is perfect, that God is enough for us and God is enough for now. Who are we? 
There is something wonderful about who God has created us to be in every single verse. We see who we are in Christ. Oh, just take a look and circle the words. Here's some of the ones that I found. You will find your own. In verse 3, you will see that we are saved and we are blessed. Resurrection, that is who we are. In verse 4, you'll see that we are chosen and holy and blameless. We are full of love. Who are we? We are beautiful people who are lovers of love. Do the word search. Move on to verse 5 and you will see that we are destined. Oh, we are not confined. We are not held back. We are not hopeless or strangled or in despair. We are destined for all that God holds for us. So look up and see who we are. Continue that word search as you move on to verse 6. Who are we? We are graced. What that means is that every day there are surprises to be discovered, gifts to be opened, touches to be shared, love to be received and given. Grace, it's all around us. Moving on to verse 7, you will see that we are redeemed and we are forgiven. And there's more in verse 8. You'll see that we are lavished upon by this loving grace of God. In verse 9, you'll see who we are. We are purposed. We are not just a beautiful people. We are a people with a purpose true and a purpose bold. We are a people who live buoyant lives, moved by the Spirit. That's who we are. Who are we, resurrection? Look up. Look close. You'll see in verse 10 that we are brought together in Christ. Oh, sometimes it seems like we're pulled in all these different directions. When's it all going to come together? When's it finally going to work out? Oh, we are brought together in Christ. Verse 11, you'll see that, yes, indeed, we are destined, but destined for what? Destined for an inheritance. And it's not an inheritance that we have to wait for. It's not an inheritance that's off in the distance somewhere. It's an inheritance that we begin to receive now as we live in the ways of love and grace. When we look beyond the watch to real life. In verse 12, we see that we are the first to hope in Christ. This message of love and grace. In verse 13, you'll see that we are sealed with the Spirit. This is the down payment on that inheritance. We can live the Spirit now. Every moment we get quiet and take a breath, the Spirit seeks to guide us and lead us and prompt us and move us. What we need at any given moment, the Spirit's ready to offer it. Maybe that's courage. Maybe that's willingness. Maybe it is just peace, but the Spirit's there. And then in verse 14, it's all reaffirmed. We are God's own to God's glory. Spend time today going through and finding the words that God has for you. Circle them and then live them. Oh, yes, God's timing is perfect. Look up then look in. God is cosmic, eternal, yet God is intimate and now. Amen.
I will give 